Hello, paranormal tourists. Yes, it's me, and I'm just coming on now to apologise for the sound quality of this edition. Partly because we had to record this one due to COVID in our back garden, and we picked the noisiest day the world has ever had. There is building work, there are the sound of children running around, there is the sound of cars, motorbikes. It sounds like we're on a building site in various times of this. But we did what we could, we salvaged what we can, and have fun and listen to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Paranormal Tourists. I am your host, Tom Jordan, sat to my right as ever is Danny McGellan. Say hello, Danny. Hello, Danny. I uh, got the gag right this time. Well done, everyone. Good work, team. And sat all the way over, socially distanced and outdoors. I mean, we're all outdoors. He's not outdoors. Separately to us, we're all outdoors. Socially distanced is paranormal expert, Ross Andrews. Good day, mate. <laughs> he sat quite a long way away. Upside down. Way. He sat upside down. Some thousand miles away. I don't actually know how far Australia is. That's a long way. A long way from here. Unidentified spot. Shout out to our... In um, the just about United Kingdom. Our fans in, in Manly who listen to the show. That's genuine. You're looking at me like we, I made it up. We do have fans in Australia and New Zealand. I have checked the stats. We have got people listening out there. I have well, family in Manly. Massive, massive... Hello and thank you for listening. And keep listening to our friends in Australia and New Zealand. Indeed. Very grateful to... Hello. <laughs> I've lost my notes. The wind has blown my notes away. You've got notes? I know. What's going on? He says one thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> and that's his name. So, today... It's just a great start, Tom. It's, it's a classic start. Classic start. <laughs> classic. On the ball, to the point, concise. As the bard said, brevity is the soul of wit. Which is why I'm not very funny. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll be here all week. So, Wolverhampton. <laughs> yes, Wolverhampton is a place. Well and many, many years ago, I was in a theatrical show. I mean, I was in several, but this specific one I was in many oh, years ago. And we, <laughs> and we stayed, we stayed in a little place in Wolverhampton called. Graysley Old Hall and this was available to hire as theatre digs for those of you who aren't familiar with the term theatre digs it simply means uh, a place that you can hire for it's typically on a weekly basis so if you're in town if you're in a touring show and you're in town it gives you somewhere to lay your head and to have a spot to eat when you finally get in after doing an evening's show and it is creepy as it's a very that's very a technical term. That's technical <laughs> term. Creepy as that's, yeah. I could have I could have gone further with that, but we are ostensibly a family show, apparently, allegedly. As somebody who is not really a big buyer in of Our paranormal beliefs, skeptic. resident skeptic, but I'm very easily swept along with imagination. So you would be forgiven for assuming that I'd be very brave in a haunted, allegedly haunted building because I'm so skeptical. But alas, in the moment, 
Tom, I know, really I've known you a while. Really I would never in a million years <laughs> use the word break. Very. <laughs> I am glad Ross said that. Yeah, well, yeah. Would you like to come and be part of this vigil overnight? Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I get up very early and so <laughs> I'll pop along till half six, you know, something like that and see how it goes. So we stayed in Grayley Old Hall and it is bloody terrifying bloody terrifying <laughs> i was in quite a big room and it was one of those just, it's, it's one of those buildings gloriously old english buildings that's sort of so aged that the floor is wonky and the ceiling is wonky and everything about it is kind of oh, crazy and topsy-turvy that, that can be one of the explanations for sightings wonky floors wonky floors yes because if we looked and I, always, I constantly go on about it but St Breville's Castle there's one floor there that is ancient and it's so wobbly and uh, un- unleavened I was going to say there unlevel <laughs> the, the beds on it rock and all this kind yes. of stuff but people in that room report being pushed and one of the theories is that actually they've just fallen over <laughs> because the floor is so weird but their brain knows they're in a haunted room that's notorious for being pushed yeah. over and then they suddenly go oh I felt like something was behind me and then I fell over and then the brain has gone where well, you were pushed yeah and so you knowing that you're in an allegedly haunted room yes sort of pushes you in that direction and this was the kind of room where the bed itself that I was sleeping in which was quite an old kind of rickety bed the sort of thing that you'd expect to you know twist a bed knob on it and fly to the east end of london or something (laughs) it was but it was so the floor was so wonky that the bed itself was resting against the wall that the head of the bed was against it wasn't just aligned with the wall had there been no wall and that floor had continued on its trajectory the bed would have been more like a roller coaster (laughs) it would have just continued going down well that's what they used to call you tom you were notorious for the the The, roller coaster bed they call me used to call you didn't they the roller coaster (laughs) ride at your own risk i'm trying (laughs) i tried to it was one of those places where, you know, I'll admit I've had this feeling in quite a few places, you know, somewhere that I'm sure Ross and I could both talk about, probably Ross with more actual knowledge on it, but is, <laughs> is, uh, is a place that was at the time called Northlands, in ah, Cheltenham, yes. which we'll come back to in a minute, which is where the youth theatre that we were both part of, that Danny is very sad she wasn't part of it, but that we were both part of, used to rehearse. Our special club that Danny was a special club. (laughs) But we'll come come back to that maybe in a minute, because I'm sure Ross has got stuff to say beyond me saying that I used to feel like I was being watched when I went in there. Not a safeguarding issue, it was just like a strange kind of feeling. But certainly that's the feeling I had everywhere at this crazy old hall place it's a creepy i mean it's amazing old building but it's a it's a creepy place i remember sort of waking up several times in the night and you just felt like you were in the middle of like this thick atmosphere and even knowing there were people in the rooms around you sort of felt kind of isolated and surrounded and i know the last night there were only three of us staying there so we all just stayed down in front of the open fire in the in the drawing room and we sort of slept in armchairs because you feel thing is you said there's an open fire yes you said there's sort of wooden wonky floors yes now from a science point of view you're setting everything up there that is classic kind of building settling noises you've got large heat sources mm. next to a cold sort of non-heated area yeah you've got wooden floorboards that will expand and shrink so from a purely skeptical point of view you're in the perfect place to 
hear noises that aren't spooky, but your brain will interpret them as spooky as well. Sure, yeah, and like you walk in and you're like, I mean, this looks like the yeah. set of some kind of Hammer horror film. I mean, it and if you're staying there feels... with other actors. I'm assuming there's been a lot of alcohol and imaginative people. A lot of imagination. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe some alcohol. A lack of sleep yes, for definite. Absolutely. And, but in terms of imagination, I mean, put me in a creepy old building with lots of noises on my own in the dark. I'm out. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not... Well, there, there is one theory as well that I think we've talked about where you've kind of got to be tuned in to the right channel, as it were, to see the ghosts. Yeah. It's thought that actory types are more likely to be seeing ghosts and more likely to experience them because they're constantly imagining different situations. They're constantly using their imagination to incorporate many, many different things. So therefore, they will leap from one thing to another when there isn't necessarily scientifically. But it also means that you're tuned into the ability to see it, whereas if you're very closed off to the thought of seeing a ghost, then you're less likely to see it. Yeah. So... Theatrical types are notorious for seeing ghosts more than maybe scientific types. I mean, theatrical types are notorious for all sorts of things. Well, yes. But I don't know if... I I would imagine it's not somewhere that you can easily visit right now. It is an accessible place and there are... This is Wolverhampton. You can visit Wolverhampton. You can visit Wolverhampton. You are allowed. Watch it from a distance. As far as we know. I do know... Well, I'll save my Wolverhampton stories, but they do all Are they happen. ghost stories? or are they, they, di- are, they are. They are ghost <laughs> stories. But the few that I know about Wolverhampton are all indoors. So, uh, But they are pubs, so they might be able to access those. But I will save those. And it's certainly... Grayson Old Hall is, is certainly a place where a little bit of research will, will lead you to discover ghost hunting vigils run by all, all sorts of different folks. And I think it might even be a place that's possibly available still, maybe not right now, but to hire for your own let's sit up all night and yes. wait in the dark and see anything spooky Well, I, I think to some extent that is the future of ghost hunting for the foreseeable future. Danny Magellan. Yeah. If that's Very even formal. your real name. <laughs> <laughs> Little Easter egg. Yeah. Um, that's your that's my link. spot. Okay. That's, uh, no, that, that's her actual name. Little Easter egg. <laughs> Little Easter egg. <laughs> yeah. As you've been known. So, my geography's terrible. Is Wolverhampton near Oxford? <laughs> I mean, if you're, it's, if it's you're in the same country, uh, yes. yeah. If you're comparing, like, which is closer to Oxford, Wolverhampton, or Johannesburg, <laughs> then yeah, okay, yeah, it's close. It's close, to Oxford. it's close, but yeah. it's. Uh... So I have been doing some reading this week. Okay, I, excellent. I, I've paused. Well done. Pause, but well it's done. Okay. Yes, well done. Um, <laughs> Um, and one of the things I was talking about, and this is somewhere you can visit, and I think my link is going to have to be really, really clutching at straws so you were talking about a location called Wolverhampton called Wolverhampton did you talk about being trapped it definitely felt oppressive oppressive yeah I think okay so isolated I tell you you did feel oppressed this is seamless in 1870 in Oxford there is a, a phenomenon called the terrible grinning men and there's been cases of it in Lexington, in New York. One of the sort of fictional things that people talk about is like the grinning Cheshire cat from Alice in Wonderland. A lot of people have described it in similar terms. It's also somewhere, West Virginia, there was a famous case in the 60s. However, bringing it a little bit more local to us in the UK, relatively close to Wolverhampton... <laughs> Uh, in Oxford in 1870. Well, definitely relatively close to Wolverhampton if it was Compared Virginia. Compared to was New York your... <laughs> and West Virginia. Yeah. yeah, smashed it. 
But well, hang on. If you're talking Oxford, mm-hmm. you were talking Wolverhampton. You've been to Oxford Castle. Yes. Wolverhampton has the ghost of a castle on the outskirts of the city, which was demolished. So technically, oh, there is a ghostly, the ghost of a castle to the haunted castle in Oxford. Where oh, you have stayed, together. where there is a ghost. Yeah, and we have done a live episode that you can find. Um, which just involves us eating. <laughs> which is just us eating an afternoon tea, drinking gin. We and, had a great uh, time. We had a lovely <laughs> afternoon. Absolutely lovely afternoon. And I tell you what, in Oxford Oxford Prison, the conditions aren't as bad as they describe. Although I think they're talking about a very different circumstance. Yeah, I don't think it was a five-star luxury hotel. I'm when, not sure it was quite it as was nice. T- I don't know what they were complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> so two sisters... One was 16, the other 20 had been to an, Engli- an English service, an evening service, in their village church. Now they describe, and this is to do with the grinning men, they describe coming out onto the path or road they were on. Suddenly there's a mist all around them and it looked almost like steam in the fog instead of regular fog. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so they were really bewildered and suddenly they w- it was as if they were in a crowded street now I know in a, a recent episode we've talked about time time slips slips yeah and so they felt as if they were in a crowded street with innumerable figures around them men women children and dogs we love a phantom dog um, <laughs> all moving briskly about some by themselves others in groups they appeared mist like and as they walked on, as the sisters walked on, they came from every quarter. Now, the weird thing about that story, if it's a time slip, most time slips don't appear mist-like. It's sort of as absolutely if as if you're there. Like right. you have travelled in, if you're an episode of Doctor Who. Ah, okay. So they were all dressed in a bygone fashion, is how they described it. They said at different moments they saw two men who, and this is a direct quote, had sparks all around their faces, they appeared to grin... The two figures who had the sparks appeared to me thin and cadaverous, but the faces did not look round, but seemed to fall in under the cheekbones. As to the number of sparks, I cannot speak definitely, um, but these two men just grinned. Um, the, the, the grinning faces accompanied them for about 200 yards, only to disappear when they reached their house. And this was in Oxford? This was in Oxford. It's, I don't know. It's found one. in the Annals of the Society of Cyclical Research and the Venerable Society, that's the quote from the um, article I read, called it quite unique in their collection. It was even mentioned in the 19th century spiritualist classic Phantasms of the Living. Yeah, I, I've written a fantastic book called Paranormal Oxfordshire and I don't know that one. Uh, yeah, no, it that, was, that's I'd a never, new one to me. I'd never heard of it before. Now, in the other stories, so West Virginia and Lexington in New York, they also talk about like a grinning man, one of which he gets stopped by what he describes as like a UFO in front of his car and then someone comes out, comes to his door and is just inanely grinning in that really creepy way. Yeah. Um, there's a film I think we've seen recently where the, is it the Bye Bye Man or something like that? And he just grins. There's just a Maybe. grin on his. It's an image that appears, isn't it? Yeah, because I've got in my appears head, you know, the actor of Doug Hell Jones. House the... Yes, the smiling man from Haunting of Hell House. But I'm thinking of Doug Jones, the actor, and I think he played Might the part. Yeah. Like, a, 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 a lot of the film images go back to a black and white film called The Laughing Man or The Grinning Man, which got turned into a musical uh, last year. It was in the Western or the year before last. <laughs> oh, wow. Isn't everything? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also the basis for the character of the Joker in Batman. Ah, okay, and that's yeah. Where he I've, comes I've, from. In the article, they they talk about the iconic Cheshire Cat hmm. and gradual dimming of its body. 
But that's a Victorian trope that goes back to Bedlam. If you don't know what Bedlam is, it's the name given to a madhouse, uh, or uh, not particularly nice way of saying a home for people who have problems. Isn't there also uh, a musical about that? Bedlam, yes. There yeah, of course. <laughs> but someone needs to be stopped. Yeah. What they used to do was actually charge visitors to go and look at the inmates uh, who were going mad, basically. Bedlam comes from Bethlehem Hospital. Oh, wow. And yes. That's where the name comes from. And it was a oh, hospital for the insane. And people would go along, pay money, and so on like that. But people who look looked after the insane people were not particularly pleasant and obviously wanted their their acts to perform more so they wanted them to be grinning and laughing and doing things that insane people would do to entertain and create a freak show for mm. people it was a victorian image which led to the cheshire cat kind of thing that that big grinning thing was because that was something that people wanted to see wow. when they were doing this sort of freak show entertainment well, deeply unpleasant yeah very and, uh, unsettling yeah if you look at the film of the grinning man it talks about a thing where children would be stolen and deformed in some way to be sold as circus freaks and the grinning man one is where they slit open his the side of his mouth to create a huge grin so that when it heals back again he's got this massive massive smile across oh his gosh. face oh gosh that reminds me of the uh, American horror story mm. circus or freak show there's definitely plenty of disturbing yeah it was a really interesting read from magazine 14 times 14 times named after Charles Fort <laughs> who was one of the original sort of researchers into the paranormal and re- released several books one of which is called low uh, which talks about things like uh, rainfalls of frogs fish and things like that and collected weirdness from all over the world oh wow and so fortian is now a word but it's named after charles fort who wrote several books about weirdness and weird noises like <laughs> that was a motorbike that was not one of us uh, making that noise uh, but yeah I would thoroughly recommend 14 times it's a very good way of sort of getting into weirdness it was definitely yeah, yeah it was a great read it's the first time I've read one um, but I would definitely definitely read more and looking as ever for his link is paranormal expert so I'm looking for Wolverhampton or Oxford is that yes. Wolverhampton or- Oxford or grinning people. Or grinning, grinning people. people. We've had castles, well, electron, could, oh, electric yeah. phenomenon. Phenomenomenon. Phenomenomenon. Do, do, be, do, do. <laughs> uh, so Wolverhampton, I know of a couple of places, but they are pubs mostly. And I remember one because it's got a weird name, the Cuban Exchange. Whether it still exists, I don't know. And I remember this name, Captain Roger Tart. <laughs> and he sits still seated at the corner of the bar and he'd left instructions after his death that he wished to be sat at the corner of the bar or something like that and so his ghost is reported to be there and there's another pub that I remember that has a famous ghost and that is Billy Wright Pub it's Queen Victoria I was about to get muddled up and say the Queen Vic has Billy Wright's ghost (laughs) but it's not Billy Wright Pub is supposedly haunted by the ghost of Queen Victoria I have no idea why. Wow. Um, I just know for some reason that stuck in my head. But the reason the name Roger Tart was something I could remember was because... That's uh, a really weird name. <laughs> no, it's because it links to Madame Clark's 
where the town's tarts, as they were called, used to ply their trade. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to say this in a way that young viewers, young viewers, young listeners have no idea what I'm saying here. But they famously used to write their prices on the soles of their shoes. So, oh wow! (laughs) So that even if you, they had to run away from the police, you could still see. They were advertising as they ran off. Oh, wow, that's and amazing. I think they still haunt Madame Clark's, the building there. So you've got a couple of pubs that you can go to, and Madame Clark's. I don't know what Madame Clark's is now, but it's still open to the public. But going back to Oxford, so I'm trying to think of places that definitely you can go to in Oxford without being pubs in case they all get closed down. One of which, there is a great Oxford ghost walk, and I know we've talked about it before, and I think his name's Bill Spector. Bill Spector's Oxford Ghost Uh, Trail. And he's very good. There is the mound outside Oxford Castle, which we've talked about, where there's a very famous story of somebody that was executed there who accidentally killed somebody. And there is... Godstone Nunnery, which I'm linking back to something you said about misty figures, because there is a misty figures of possible nuns that were from Godstone Nunnery, and you can go to Godstone Nunnery completely for free. It's a building that is basically just the shell of a building, and it's in the middle of a field, but it's just outside of Oxford, and if the pubs are open, there is a haunted pub just over the road that features in Inspector Morse books, because it's Morse's favourite pubs, and it's called The Trout. Ah. And uh, that is haunted because it contains bits of the nunnery building on the other side of the river we used to build various bits in the... I think it's the train. And that is very haunted. I've interviewed a few people there, but we have talked about that one before, I think. But another place that you could quite easily socially distance... And it's one of those National Trust properties that can't be closed because there's no gates or anything around it. And that's Minster Lovell Hall. Yeah, Minster Lovell, it, it appears in a fantastic book, <laughs> uh, which is why I know about it, called Paranormal Oxford by Ross Andrews. And I'm passing the book over now in case you suddenly go, oh no, we've talked about that. We're in my house. I've got the books to hand. This is great. <laughs> now, I've handed it over and I can't now read it and be sure about what I'm saying. But in Minster Lovell Hall, one of the famous ones was a guy who owned Minster Lovell Hall ended up locked inside a basement, I think, and he his skeleton is see, was found sat at a desk writing a letter kind of thing, and he died whilst being walled up in the castle. Now, not castle, in the building. It's a very, very big building. If it's a lovely sunny day, you might have people there because it's right next to a river, and people often go down there and swim in the river. Obviously, we're not advocating that before anyone drowns. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the building is haunted, as is the dovecot which is next to the building, and that's haunted as well, both of which are accessible. I'm not sure the dovecot is always accessible. And that one talks about a strange mist Yes. in the dovecot. Yes, another strange misty figure. But Minster Lovell Hall is haunted. It's a ruined bit. If it's pouring down with rain, there is one bit that still has a bit of a roof on it, so you can be in there and stay safe. There's noises and figures and things that have been seen all over that building, so you can kind of be there late at night doing a ghost hunt even though you're not supposed to because it says closed after six o'clock you literally can't close it it's in the middle of a field yet right. again. there's not much parking around there if i remember rightly but there are a couple of haunted pubs in minster level village as well that are both haunted 
but they might not be accessible at the moment. But definitely Minster Level Hall and Godstone Nunnery are places that you can get to completely for free, have some fantastic stories associated with them, and have haunted pubs near them, so you can make a whole day of it if it's if we're still allowed in and out of the pubs. Mm. And summing up on this one, Bill Spector's ghost trail. I'm hoping Bill Spector's still around and doing his ghost trails because he's very, very good. Oxford Book by Ross Andrews gives you a couple of ghost walks that you can do around Oxford. There are also um, a whole list in the back of that book of places near Oxford you could head to as well. So Oxford has quite a lot around it if you're in that, that area looking for spooks. Oxford Castle if you get a chance to go in there, then definitely do. It's fantastic. And there is an episode of Most Haunted, yet again, all about Oxford Castle, where I think Derek gets very excited. And it's just a bloody marvellous place. If you've never been to Oxford, it is a glorious, oh, beautiful. glorious place to visit. If we're in some form of lockdown and there are no students in Oxford, it's an amazing place. Because when we've talked about time slips you could be walking down the middle of Oxford and, and mm. if there's nobody on the streets you won't know it's oh, yeah. not a time slip because it just the, the buildings there are absolutely phenomenal and well worth visiting it's impossible to park park outside of Oxford and then cycle the last couple of miles in yeah. because there's hundreds of places to actually park your bike and I know we've talked about it before we've talked about burning bishops there is uh, a monument to the bishops that they burnt there and one of them exploded and its head flew off over a wall. It was that big oh my explosion. Yeah. Wow. But so I, I know we've talked about that in previous episodes. We haven't found any uh, priests or vicars yet. We no, have started we recently a uh, <laughs> Yeah, we've started recently a quest to find some haunted or ghostly uh, priests or vicars. So we're still working on that. Uh, As opposed get, to like hooded monks or hooded nuns. Hooded monks or nuns, which there are a plethora of. So if you Too have many. any stories of your ghostly own, ones. please do get in touch and we'll be excited to explore. Well, I think at that point. Oh, hold on! Actually, I can. What's I can, that noise? I can hear some. It's, uh, it's a, a car. It's a car. It's, it's a car, car horn. Okay, yeah. oh, mistake. Damn you! <laughs> Damn you! Well, at the sound of the dulcet tones the ornamental of ornamental car horn, car horns, ornament, ornamental car horns, and Frankenstein's lobster. Frankenstein's that lobster. Was I was going to say Frankenstein's up. lobster. Yeah, that, that was, was them driving the into. Just letting <laughs> you know. Driving into the studio. Studio. <laughs> the outdoor studios. Of the paranormal pa- Car park. I was going to say special car park. It's got a special car park. It's probably time to We're say goodbye. It's, it's time. <laughs> so it's time to say thanks very much and goodbye. Au revoir. Goodbye. 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 goodbye.